Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Some pretty good games already played. Couple still underway and then a few uh, quality matchups tonight in college football. Here to talk about week six, I guess you would call it week seven because they had week minus one at the beginning of the year. Uh, from NBC's college football talk, Kevin McGuire joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. What week are we up to, Kevin? I, I, I don't even know anymore. Shame on me, I guess. Julia, I'll help you out. This is officially week six, and the first game of the, first game of the season, we're in week zero. So if you can follow that logic, <laughs> that, that's where we are right now. That's, that's how I almost got to seven. Um, and some teams are going to get to six and oh today, one of which could be Ohio State, who plays tonight. Uh, now, Michigan State's got pretty good defense. Uh, I'm not in love with the Spartan offense, but I do think they've got a solid, if not uh, outstanding defense. To my way of seeing things, no one has slowed down Justin Fields so far. Does Michigan State have at least a chance to slow him down, if not stop him? They can probably slow him down for a a little bit in the first quarter, but eventually Ohio State's going to get rolling, and I don't think there's going to be any slowing them down, to be honest with you, Uh, because I think this Ohio State team is just, so skilled across the field, not just a quarterback, and that's that's the reason they're blowing everybody out. So Michigan State's got their hands full tonight. They do, uh, and the Big Ten is turning out to be a pretty damn good conference. Penn State was an easy winner again today. Um, we know how good Ohio State is. Michigan got a much-needed win. Would you say that the Big Ten is better than advertised at this point? I don't know if I would go quite that far. I still think there's a lot of separation between Ohio State and everybody else, so I think that that's kind of uh, tilting the average a little bit. But I feel like there are some good teams here. You know, Wisconsin is off to a really good start, especially with their defense. Uh, I just don't know how much faith a lot of people have in some of these other teams outside of Ohio State to really keep it going uh, because some of these teams that are off to good starts, notably Penn State, haven't exactly been tested so much. So, there's going to be a lot of games still to come to show just how deep the conference may or may not be, but I don't know if I'm totally on board entirely yet with the entire Big Ten. Fair enough, and I agree with you. Ohio State is the class of the, much to the chagrin of my producer, they are still the class of the Big Ten. He's a Penn State alum. Um, and they'll get their shot, and we'll see how it works. Uh, certainly the addition of fields has been huge for them, but you mentioned they got skill all over the place. Uh, personally, it looks to me like Ryan Day is doing a hell of a job, but did Urban Meyer leave the cupboard pretty damn stacked for the Buckeyes as well? Absolutely. You know, Ryan Day, you know, I'm not going to say anything negative about Ryan Day, but he was walking into a really good position to be a first time uh, as a full time head coach. Uh, remember, he was an interim coach for a couple of games last year, too, but uh, we're taking over your first head coaching job. This is a great position to be in. It's almost like Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma where Bob Stoops left a playoff-caliber program ready to you know, kind of take things to the next level if they can. And, you know, things have worked out well for Lincoln Riley, and so far it seems like things are going pretty well for Ryan Day. But, yeah, the, the recruiting that Urban Meyer did at Ohio State during his career you know, really ramped up 
what Ohio State is as a program with all the talent that they have, and it doesn't show any signs of slowing down. Let me touch on another couple of games to be played tonight, uh, Pac-12 t- uh, games. Oregon comes in at number 13. Now Cal is 4-1. and one. They're down there starting quarterback, and they might be missing a guy on their offensive line as well, uh, and it's a tough place to win up there at Oregon. But Cal is being dismissed as per the odds makers. They got no shot tonight against uh, the Ducks? I wouldn't say they had no shot, but I'm not going to go with them. I, I think at some point Cal's going to have to get something on offense if they're going to be able to win this game, and I just don't see that happening because you know, as well as their defenses are playing, I can't say the same of their offense. So even, you know, even when they were healthy, I think that's a real tough spot for Cal to be in. But defensively, I think that they can give Oregon some problems. I just don't know if they can slow them down enough and keep enough points off the board to, to make it manageable. Fair enough. And Washington has uh, had a quick start to their season at 4-1, uh, having the capability of scoring a lot of points. Uh, Eason has fit in perfectly there with that offense. Who would you call the top ten in the uh, top team in the Big Twelve right now? Oregon or Washington? In the Pac twelve, uh, I'm going to go with Washington. I think uh, there's there's a little more more confidence in them overall as a program. But Oregon's a pretty close second as far as I'm concerned. They're they're clearly one and two in my book. Fair enough. We're talking to Kevin McGuire from NBC College Football Talk. Uh, right now, Florida owns a 24-13 lead against Auburn with just two seconds to play. So this one is almost in the scorebooks. I thought this was going to be a good game. And for the most part, it has been other than Florida. It got the lead and then didn't give it up. It looks like Bo Nix has had one of his tougher days uh, since taking over as the freshman quarterback this year in Auburn. Is Florida's defense this good to make Knicks look this bad? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I think Bo Nix was kind of due for one of these kind of games because he is still a young quarterback and it is a tough environment, but you got to give credit to Florida's defense. They went after him and attacked him right from the start. They did not make life easy for him. They were always chasing him and forcing him to get out of any comfort zone. That was something that he just was never able to find today. Uh, so I think you got to give credit, uh, Florida's credit. Florida's defense, a lot of credit for what they were able to pull off today. In uh, that very difficult Southern uh, Southeastern Conference, is uh, do you believe that with today's win, Florida Gators are a legit college playoff uh, potential team? Yeah, they have to be on the radar just because I mean they are a top ten team now, and uh, you know the defense has been playing pretty well. Still have maybe some questions about some of the offensive matchups they'll have down the line, but. You know, we're, from where we sit right now, there's no reason not to have them on the radar. It's just the fact that they're in the same division as one of the teams that is probably one of the favorites to get into the playoff, or at least the SEC title game, that's Georgia. So obviously, you know, if, they can, if they can score a win against Georgia, that really tips the scale in their favor. But you know, elsewhere, you also have Alabama and LSU to worry about at some point down the road, too. So uh, this, this, it's an uphill battle for Florida, but they're, abs- they're absolutely in the picture right now when we're talking about it. Talk about a killer schedule. They play Auburn today, who is number seven coming in with Florida 10. Beat them. Then next week they have to go to LSU. South Carolina sandwiched in between the home game against Georgia, which, of course, is uh, the uh, neutral site game. I'd say that's a little bit of a tough run of the sked for the Gators, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> like I said, LSU and Georgia are pretty strong contenders right now. LSU probably... Is look the strongest they've looked in years, and they still may be second the best team behind Alabama. So it's, it's, there's some tough matchups here for Florida, but uh, they're going to have some opportunities to 
to make their own statements again in the next few weeks, that's for sure. All we'll right. They we, can capitalize on it. Well, we uh, talked a little bit about uh, a couple of quarterbacks so far today. I want to ask uh, Justin Fields being one of them who, of course, transferred into Ohio State. Jalen Hurts, another big game again today. Ran for two, threw for two. Oklahoma's been great so far. Um, we're seeing transfer quarterbacks step up, step right in, and change the fates and fortunes of programs. Maybe even more so than I thought was going to happen. I thought all these guys would upgrade their programs. Damn, they're keeping them in, in playoff top four type leverage situations, which has been even a surprise for me. When they le- lightened up the transfer rules in college football and let players immediately step onto the field and play, do you think they knew it was going to have this big an effect with quarterbacks moving from team to team and putting their teams not only on the map but in uh, Final Four contention? Yeah, when they changed this whole redshirt rule last year, I think uh, there were some unforeseen uh, circumstances at the NCAA uh, failed to to realize, and you know, not just them. I think a lot of people didn't really realize what kind of impact these uh, changing of the rules would have with the transfers and the gray and the, and the red shirts. Uh, it's just opening up a lot more doors now for players. And I think you, you can go back, uh, you know, years before that when uh, teams started having success with younger quarterbacks, you know, especially at this position, that opened up a, a lot of transfer options for some quarterbacks that were just looking for some playing time. And you see, like like we we're just saying now. Uh, these quarterbacks that are on the move, you're, you're seeing some good success from some of them. So it's been pretty remarkable, and it's certainly a trend that I don't think is going to be slowing down or anything. It's not going away. So I don't know if it's good or bad for the game yet, but it's certainly something that I don't think anybody really realized just how big of an impact it was going to have. All right, there is one quarter you got to back, you got to explain to me, because I just talk about not seeing it coming. Joe Burrow is a former transfer player on the bench for Ohio State, Saw the writing on the wall, decided to transfer out and go to LSU. Well, he was the Tigers quarterback all last year. Had a solid year at best with 16 touchdown passes. This year he's got 17 touchdown passes through five games and only two picks and is uh, one of the best statistical quarterbacks in college football. How does that happen to a senior who hasn't done a whole hell of a lot in his first three years in college football? I suppose he's probably a late bloomer, if that's, if that's such a thing that exists, and it probably does. But I think you know, it, there's a combination of things. First of all, uh, he's playing uh, in a new system, and he's finally, he took a little bit of time to get familiar with it and kind of become that leader. Uh, you know, really, he probably had his coming out party in that fiestable win against uh, UCF last year, and it just carried over because uh, that was an offensive performance I didn't really see coming in the ball game, and certainly he's continued that. So. You know, that, that can be a big confidence boost. And, you know, you're, now you're labeled as the guy. It's not really a question mark where you're not just a guy just kind of filling the position until LSU can figure out something else for the long term. And he's, he's taken it by the hands, and he's made sure that it's going to be his position and his team moving forward. He surely has. All right, uh, as of today, and we've got a couple performances in the book, this is a bad time to ask this question, but we got John right now, so i got to ask you now. Um your Heisman ballot before they got underway today, who is sitting on top of it? I would say that Jalen Hurts is probably in a really good spot at the top, uh, but I would also have Justin Fields as a close second right now. Uh, I'm not really sure where I would go with third or fourth or after that, but those are clearly the two guys that I have 
at the top of my ballot, which I don't actually have, but you know, for the right. sake of this conversation, no. I, I have it right now. When you're here on the show with me, you got a you got a Heisman ballot because I asked you, yes, yes, uh, and I have one too, which I don't really have either. And here's what I got to ask you, uh, Mister One Two. Don't know who three four is. What is it about Tuatunga Baloa? I thought he should have gotten it last year. He didn't. They gave it to Murray. I think he would be sitting atop my ballot right now. I know he's got talent around him. I know Alabama is a uh, a perennial championship contender. But I also see the difference between him and, like, every other Alabama quarterback over the last 25 years. And he's so far and away better than anybody else they've ever had throwing the football down there in Tuscaloosa. Why doesn't he get the love? You know what? I'm not really sure. And I admit, I probably just slighted him by just forgetting to mention him. But there's no question. He is, he is a really good talent. There's no question about that. I think uh, maybe if there's any lackluster Heisman buzz for him right now, it's probably because we're all waiting for Alabama to be tested a little bit more. Uh, and you could say, you know, Justin Fields hasn't really been tested either. So I'll, I'll give you that. But I think, you know, I think the problem is we expect so much out of him in Alabama that I think it's almost unfair if he isn't even living up to some of those expectations. But guess what? I mean, he's putting up the numbers. So if he does that moving forward and he scores some big wins for Alabama, he's certainly going to be in the conversation. He's not going anywhere. It's amazing. He throws four touchdown passes and goes, oh, it's a bad week for a Tua, huh? Uh, four touchdown pass. That's right. Uh, it is. It does uh, make me laugh. But I appreciate your insight, Kevin. You gave us good stuff today. We will certainly have you back on uh, before they actually hand out the Heisman Trophy and see if you upgraded to in your standings. Thanks much for uh, what you brought to the table with us today. We'll talk again. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.